Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. All right, everybody, we want to take a second to talk to you about an amazing sponsor. We have an amazing relationship with RayAllen.com. Ray Allen is a one-stop shop for everything dog, not just working dogs. Everything dog that you need, you can go down there, check them out, RayAllen.com. Awesome people. They got everything you need. Another one of our favorite partnerships is with a dog tree. They've been with us from the start. Uh, great collars, great ball poppers, great GPS tracking, big dog, small dog, bark collars, everything. I got everything like that they have at the kennel. We use it every day. Be sure to head them up, dogtree.com. Listen for the discount code later in the episode. Hey, guys, it's going to happen. August 16th through the 19th, HITS is coming back. The HITS Canine Conference in Orlando, Florida, August 16th through the 19th. Get on there. It's the biggest, the best. Check it out. Hitscanine.net. Hitscanine.net. Get registered now. Take the guesswork out of making sure you're feeding your working dog correctly by using Kinetic Dog Food. Hit them up at kineticdogfood.com and look them up on the Instagrams at kineticdogfood. Take all the guesswork out and do it right from the beginning. We love Horizon Structures. Dude, this stuff is so awesome, man. You can get online. You can talk to them. You could build it. You want from mild to wild. They'll come bring it to your place, set it down on your pad, hook up your power, hook up your water, and you can put dogs in it that day. If you don't believe me, check out some guys like uh, Justin Rigney. He's got a great setup there. Ask him. Check him out. Horizonstructures.com. All right, we are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite uh, from a very windy Tulsa, Oklahoma. I am Ted Summers. With me, as always, from Canton, Ohio, is Eric Stambro. Eric, what's going on, man? Uh, I got a lot going on, man. So this is, today's what, the 7th or something like that of April? Um, 7th or 8th. Monday, I went and met up with David from Black Rocks Canines in Pennsylvania. He's he's in Connecticut. We meet in Pennsylvania. I got four dogs from him, dual-purpose dogs, uh, green. They will all be sold by Monday. So uh, um, me and Jordan, the kid who works for me, are banging out reps just to proof them off of all the stuff, you know, that people test for. And then an agency is coming tomorrow um, from Montgomery County, Maryland. They have big, big, like 20 dogs. They have three of mine. They just picked up. They needed a fourth. So they're going to come up and select. And then I have contracts for the remaining three that I'll start training them on Monday. So, um that's moving along pretty good. Here's something interesting, <clears throat> unrelated to dogs. The last episode that came out um, was, I can't remember who it was, um, but I was watching it. may have been the Jason Johnson episode. I don't remember. But I was watching it on Twitter. I wish you guys, or on Twitter, uh, YouTube. I wish you guys would all go watch YouTube. Uh, you can see all my little quirks that I have, uh, my little Tourette ticks and everything. I go insane watching myself on there. But one of the things I noticed that I do is I'm the, where my computer is when the guest is talking, I will sit back and look like this here and watch. And I'm staring at the person talking. It looks like I'm asleep. I drove me nuts. I'm like, wake the fuck up. Yelling at myself (laughs) like a weirdo as I'm driving down the road. (laughs) Yes. So anyways, that's, that's it, man. We just got a lot of dogs going on. The, uh, that side is cranking out our daycare is finally paying for itself. Finally paying. I for saw itself. that. It looked like you guys were like 
roasting fight club or some shit yeah, <laughs> like, dude, I, was, I saw videos so I the like, video i put out said i just posted today i, I went out i brought in a training dog that i had and i'm socializing him in daycare and i just want to put him in the outside area to pee and hang out and they go oh yeah they're out there with a you know a group of dogs i didn't know i walked out i was like holy shit they all bum rushed me at the door jumping on me and everything so um but yeah it was a good group i have really we're in a really sweet spot right now. I have really good employees. Everything's, you know, that side's all going pretty good. Um, so anyways, what's going on in Tulsa? Uh, spring is here. Uh, every, I act like I haven't lived here majority of my life and I act like, you know, it's hmm. rain and then it goes from 90 degrees one day to literally 40 the next. We, I got, almost got sunburned. Oh, well, I did get sunburned. And then the next day we had snow. I was like, I, it, and then it's windy as shit, which I'm always shocked because, you know, it's in the state song and like, guys, you can't be surprised. So people are like, Oh, what's Oklahoma? Like, I mean, it's hot, wet, it's hot, flat and windy. Like, and that's pretty, or cold, flat and windy either way. But, uh, I got a handler school going on right now. And, um, since I've been kind of cut loose to kind of do tracking how I see fit, uh, I've always been told forever that dogs can't track in high winds. And I had a greenish dog today to well, two greenish dogs that are, uh, one's in handler school and the other one is getting ready for handler school. I had 25, 30 mile an hour, steady winds, crosswinds to 35 to 40 mile an hour gusts and mocked just five tracks each today with those dogs. And they were fantastic. I mean, and it's really good to, to see the handlers because where the handlers from out in Western Oklahoma, uh, it's really hot and really windy and flat. So he's like, oh, this is great. This is exactly what it looks like. It's not this cold, but uh, yeah. So uh, I had a department come look at single purpose dogs yesterday. They're going to get a flop ear. I got three, I got five flop ears now and three or four of them are sold. So we're going to start those pretty quick. I got this handler school to finish up next week, get him certified. Uh, we're going to go train with the guys from the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics during the big training day thing, uh, do a certification at the same time. And then uh, I got another handler school starting and then two more handler schools starting shortly uh, before or after blue line uh, for two single purpose dogs for a sheriff's department here, like just this, Sheriff's Department just south of Tulsa County and uh then more of the same and then we've gotten a rash of uh murder pony pit bulls recently <laughs> fucking kennel for the pet side we got one the other day we got one today uh they told me that he was a little anxious and that he's had some bites and we tried to put a little slip lead on it to get him out of the car and it was on now he's more was, bites it, oh it was on on and they like they kind of warned us but you know they never tell the truth they're always like super like oh he does well, i had another one for uh another local kind of person that's well known and they're like oh he doesn't like dogs and they get him out of the kennel and he's trying to kill a malinois puppy i'm like ah or they get him out of the car i'm like ah and they're like oh he was a bait dog i'm like i got news for you he was the dog that killed the bait dogs like this is not <laughs> mm -hmm. so that was fun uh but yeah we've uh my the facility is still coming along all of my thirty thousand or however many square feet of astroturf was delivered and that's going to be put down here pretty quick all of my outdoor kennels are done the roofs are getting ready to be put on so yeah it's going to be uh we're rocking and rolling training pets to be not jerks and training pet training police dogs to be jerks so mm. <laughs> yeah more of the same uh yeah so who do we have on the night 
Well, uh, before before I get into that, you mentioned the floppies. I forgot. I got um, oh, three, you got the little cotton ball. Three things. springers in yeah. from our our buddy Milan out over Best in Germany. Names ever Gecko is one of them, right? Or what is his name? Uh, Gecko, yeah, Gecko, yeah, yeah. Tano, and Rafa. Yeah. And um, I got to. I really like them. I really like them. They're hilarious. They're uh, a lot like those. Some of those hunting breeds they piss in the kennel a lot, but I'm working on that. But the one Tano, who I think is going to end up out with Rich uh, from Police Canine Radio, uh, out in California. Oh yeah, he, yeah. he uh, Tano's the best floppy ear I've ever had, as far as for training. Uh, f- uh, unbelievably fantastic. I say he's like a tiny little furry Malinois. Is what he's kind of like, uh, and clean in the kennel and clean in the crate. I, it's that's hard to beat with those little dogs. But um, so yeah, I'm trying to find. Uh, you know, work for them because they're English Springer Spaniels, so they're smaller than like the U.S. version. Um, so they're they're even maybe too small for some of the government contracts for the statement of work. But it's all right; I'll get them. Uh, they could, I bet they could find the shit out of some bed bugs and little bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but anyway, so tonight um, our guest is a friend of ours. It's uh, been a friend of mine for quite some time. She's been here to my house she's been here to my facilities several times for some reason she comes here in the winter i I don't understand how that's worked out (laughs) froze to death um but she's come up up and not having a good time bro no no (laughs) she's come up work some dogs with me i've done some uh training with her and some dogs and then um she has facilitated the purchase of of some dogs from my kennel to for uh for a police department down in South Carolina. So um I'm gonna go ahead, I gotta put my glasses on because I'm old. And um although I don't know, it's pretty bright in here. This this ring light that we got is pretty bright. I might be able fuck I know I should put the glasses on. So our guest tonight uh was born and raised in South Jersey. Uh surprisingly I don't, the accent's not, I think she kind of lost it. I, I don't hear it like <laughs> other folks from South Jersey that I know, but I was, she had told me that before. I'm like, get out. No, no, you're not. But anyways, um, she uh, graduated from the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy in 05. And um, after graduation, she commissioned as a second lieutenant in the army, active duty with a uh, deployed to Iraq. Um, she got out of the army and immediately commissioned as an officer in the Coast Guard. Um Spent two more years in active duty uh, before becoming a cop in Arlington County Police Department, Virginia. I I think a lot of people that are close to the flagpole up there when they get out end up joining police departments all around the D.C. metro area. Um, She uh, remained in the Coast Guard Reserves and deployed to Afghanistan in 2014, which I'm going to ask her about because I don't understand what the Coast Guard is doing in Afghanistan. That's a far away from our coast, but I, you know, I don't know their mission profile. So 2015, she left Arlington and moved to South Carolina, probably to be warmer, I would assume, uh, amongst a lot of other things. And uh, uh, she tried out another career, which I have no idea what that is. We'll talk about that too. Uh, she got back in law enforcement with the Somerville Police Department in, uh, in 2016. She was selected as a canine handler and was paired with canine apart. And we're going to talk about that because uh, they they kind of became a little bit famous uh, on television and the internet for a little while. And um, we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. And Somerville Police Department has two of my dogs down there. So um, we, we've kept that relationship going. Um, 
she became uh, the trainer down there in a de facto uh, supervisor after the supervisor left. She left in July of last year and opened uh, Ridgeside Canine Somerville. So this episode is in the series of people who were in law enforcement, in the dog section of law enforcement, and got out and are doing things dog related. Um, and so we're great. Uh, we're like really super happy to have Tara Burke on. Tara, how are you on? I'm well, how are you guys? Awesome. That's so happy to have you on. Yes. Thank you so much. It's a, it's kind of surreal having listened to you guys for so long and Eric, our, you know, our past and me bugging you and here we are <laughs> with come full circle. It's really weird. <laughs> Yeah, in our group text, the Working Dog Radio group text, I texted, hey, uh, would you guys uh, be interested in having Tara, come, Tara Burke come on and Ted immediately? Because I love Tara. Sure, let's have her on. That's so, just you let me get beat up. For I was going to say, I'm just happy I didn't fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, Tara, you decoyed an HRD seminar? Is that what you did? Yeah. I did, and uh, by the end of the first day, I had a massive black eye, uh, an arm I could barely move, and a ridiculous number of rug burn and everything else. It was, it was pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to decoy for one of the HRD seminars, it's a lot of work. Yeah. We did the amoeba drill in a room that had carpet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it got it got Western pretty quick. <laughs> so... Yeah, Tara and uh, and Joey. Joey came down for that one too from from Penn, and uh, he they they looked like we had beat them. We took them out in the back, beat them with baseball bats. It was rough. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about your background a little bit. Uh, talk about growing up in South Jersey. Uh, were you are your family dog people? Do you got were you raised with dogs and all that stuff? And then we'll get into your military career. So we had one dog growing up, um, and when we got that dog, it was kind of like a big deal. My parents just weren't really um, into that kind of thing. But uh, I used to ride horses. And I know you guys have talked about this a lot. Uh, dog people or horse people rather transition very nicely into the dog world. Um, and I did that very young, like elementary school through middle school. Um, high school, I just became obviously more in, um, involved in school stuff to get ready for college. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where Horseback riding was the first thing in my life I was ever naturally good at. Um, I went out to show my first show and went out into the ring. My, my parents had my brother and sister there and they were like, oh, if she does bad, make sure you support her, you know? And I went out and I got first place my very first, my very first class. And that was, thinking back on it, it was a pretty good indication of how life would go. Hmm. So again, going back to, we've come full circle. It's kind of weird. I'm not afraid of most of hardly anything in the world, but I, I ain't yep. fucking with no horses. Yep. Nope. Nope. So you doing it as a kid's impressive. Mm -hmm. I hope, I hope to have one again someday. We'll see. All right. All right. No, good luck with that. I'll stay over. Here. I'll come down and visit you and be like, I'm good over here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you got to feed some, some bitch with your hand open, so to bite your fingers off, I, I got nothing to do with that. Man. I have dogs like that. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you get out. Uh, did you, before you go to the Merchant Marines, did you go to college? So Merchant Marines was college. Um, Merchant oh, Marines, okay. Most people have never heard of it, but it's literally just like West Point or Annapolis. Um, it's actually a federal service academy. It's the fifth one that's never been heard of really. Um, so four-year degree, um, whole nine yards. I've got 
Bachelor of Science in Marine Transportation of all things. Um, so is that transporting Marines or is that? No, like cargo water. ships. So I actually got, when I graduated, a third mate's license um, to sail any vessel, any tonnage, anywhere in the world. I actually feel pretty stupid asking you the first question because I, when you started talking, I'm like, duh, I know that. I watched a documentary on the Merchant Marines. Is that is your final year like all on a big, huge, giant wooden ship? So it's not the final year, but we did do, so I did four months my sophomore year and eight months my junior year. Um, wow. Freshman year and senior year are actually all on campus. But yeah. What, was, what's that like uh, on the ship? Um, it's fun. It's neat because like, you know, you're 20, 21 years old and they're like, okay, here, go out and literally see the world. Like the very first ship I was on, I flew to, to um, Augusta Bay, Sicily and got on a ship. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's a really neat experience. But at the same time, you know, you have a, a C project that they call it that you have to do. So you have to maintain discipline because that's worth like an entire year's worth of credits. So you have to, you know, do it then test and pass and all that. So um, you have to be able to be disciplined enough to do the work and still have fun at the same time, which is really tough for a lot of people. Do you remember all the terminology still for all that wooden ship stuff? Hell no. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fail. Uh, interview over. No, I'm just <laughs> so um, you get out and you get into uh, in the army as second lieutenant. What was your job? I went to the 82nd and I was um, the XO of the forward support um, troop for uh, the um, 82nd cab in the 82nd cab um, for the 117 cab. So um, bitch work basically. <laughs> Um, whatever, whatever the CO needed, I did. Um, believe it or not, and this is really cheesy, but when we actually got deployed, I spent a lot of time where he would be like, hey, LT, I need to borrow a truck or I need to borrow whatever from that unit. Can you go over there and talk to them? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because we were on a really small fob and there wasn't very many females. So I got sent to do the dirty work. Um, <laughs> but my, my real job was to help be responsible for the movement of um, aircraft parts between, we were stationed at three different FOBs, moving aircraft parts between the three and making sure that um, aircraft stayed uh, stayed fully functional. You were there for a, f- a whole year. Is that pretty typical back, back then? Was, yeah, it really was. Um, we left in July and came back in July. So um, very, very common. So you get out. Uh, and you immediately pop over to the Coast Guard. What made you do that? So my ex-husband now um, was also in the Army and was getting out and was going to be staying out a really good job in the, in the D.C. area, right? Because that's where, at that time, I transitioned from Fort Bragg up to Fort Belvoir in Virginia. And uh, I thought, I don't want to move around anymore. I want to stay put. Um, so I said, I'll go on the Coast Guard. Their Coast Guard headquarters was right there in D.C., um, and it was a really easy, easy transition. And I thought at the time I didn't want to deploy anymore. The irony in that is I wound up volunteering for the Iraq or Afghanistan deployment in 2014. So right. let's talk about that. How did I wind up in, how, how does the coast guard end up in, in, in Afghanistan? It's so the, the mission sounds really cool. It's called the raid team but it's actually really not that cool. Um, it's redeployment assistance inspection detachment. So our job was to go over there and help these guys that were coming back home 
pack up all their stuff, especially hazmat, and make sure that the containers were loaded properly so that they could be put on a ship and sent back home. Um, so I got to travel around Afghanistan quite a bit because my I was the only Coast Guard officer at one point in Afghanistan in the entire country. Um, and our unit was thir only 13 people. Um, and so I had guys like two guys at one fob, two guys at another fob. So I got to travel around quite a bit and see those guys. Um, but for the most part, their jobs were on the fob and to stay there and help these guys, help these units pack up and go home. That you did a lot of helicopter travel. Is that how you got around mostly? So that's how we traveled around Iraq. Um, in hmm. Afghanistan, a lot of it was planes. Um, oh. Some of the smaller outlying fobs, that was a lot of helicopter travel. Yeah. Um, we had uh, we had Steve Stoops on, and we we're talking about dogs and and helicopters because uh, I hate yeah. them. Uh, <laughs> helicopters suck. So, um, See, I'll take a helicopter over a plane any day. I can sleep like a boss on a Chinook, but mm. it's just make me nervous. I don't know. You know, uh, I'm gonna meet somebody someday. I'm like, what'd you do in the Coast Guard, dude? I was on the raid team. It's only thirteen <laughs> of us. <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I know what that means, paperwork guy. Exactly. So you get out, um, get into law enforcement. Was that a thing like you always wanted to do? Is that a family thing or anything like that? So my dad's actually a career volunteer firefighter. Um, so no, I had an uncle that was um, a police officer, but uh, that was it. You know, I think it was just like, sounds so cheesy, but I really wanted to just like keep serving, right? But I didn't want to stay active duty because I didn't want to keep moving all over. Um, and so it was kind of like the next logical step for me, I think. Um, and Arlington is an incredible department. Being right there, proximity to DC, a lot of people start there and then actually jump over to the federal side of things because the agency is um, very prestigious and those three letter agencies are very quick to, to pick mm -hmm. up from there. Yeah, I know talking to Aaron Taylor from Ridgeside, uh, he who's at Loudoun County in that area and a lot of the guys in that area that are like dog trainers get out uh, when they retire and they go straight over and start training dogs for, for three letter agencies. Yep. How, uh, what was it like with that agency and how the fuck do you afford to live in Arlington? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I lived about 30 miles south of there in Woodbridge, um, which literally that commute took years off my life. Um, I, my shift was 1.30 to midnight and I would have to leave my house by 11, 11.30 to get to work on time. It was stupid um, because who the hell can afford to live in Arlington? Right. But uh, now I forget what the purpose of the question was. <laughs> I was thinking about traffic. How, uh, how the department was like, what was oh. the department like? Um, honestly, I, I loved it there. I really did. It was a great department. Um, again, very, very prestigious so like our pre-academy stuff was was pretty tough like they didn't mess around at the academy our academy class started with 22 we graduated 11 and there were seven of us that made it through field training um so if you weren't cut out they at the time i don't know what it's like now but at the time they were like thanks for coming out we'll see you later you know this isn't really for you um but funny story so there was a guy who was in my academy class made it through to field training his dad was pretty high up in one of the um Maryland, not PG County, it might be Montgomery County, as a matter of fact. Um, he was on a call, they deployed a dog, dog got a bite. He literally walked out of the house and was like, no, nah, I'm good, and left that day and never came back after the dog bite. 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to text them. I'm gonna text you later and get that name. And I'm gonna ask because the the two guys that are coming up from Montgomery County, one's been there a long time, so he, he probably does. <laughs> so let's talk about the move to South Carolina. What got you there? So my husband, um, he he already had a job down here when we got together, and um, he had tried to find a job up there, but you know, it's tough in that area to find work. And um, he's like, you want to move to South Carolina? And I was like, shit, nothing holding me here. I can be a cop anywhere. Um, and so I left, thought I was done with law enforcement. Um, but apparently- What was this other career? I tried out real estate for a hot minute. If you can imagine that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. My wife did real estate for a while. She hated it. Yeah. You know, also I had thought about, I did apply to Somerville when I first moved down here and I did what I was supposed to do, sent the application to town hall and somehow it never made it from my application, never made it from town hall to the police department. So I got a rejection letter and I was like, okay, well, that's my sign to um, get out of law enforcement and do this real estate thing. And then when I decided to get back into law enforcement, someone had an opening and I reached back out to the Lieutenant um, over training at the time. And I, do you have my application from last time? And he said, what application? Um, so he had never actually received it. Go town hall. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and take our first break. Uh, we get back. We're going to talk about um, getting into the canine unit. We'll talk about your first dog and um, kind of being on TV and a bunch of other things that happened um, there. Every Not everybody, but a lot of people are going to go, oh, shit, I know, right? As soon as, as, soon as you set apart because – Everyone knows your dog's name. Nobody knows your actual name. Um, my grandkids call me Stan Bro, for Christ's sake. Nobody knows. <laughs> you. It, it's insane. So your fucking grandkids. Yeah. Uh, uh, stop. So, all right. We're going to take a break. We will be right back. Hits Canine Training Conference. This is America's premier canine training seminar packed to the brim with the world's best instructors and me and Eric. All covering important topics. There's no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, and trainers. HITS 2022 is being held in Orlando, Florida this year, August 16th through the 19th. And I know how you guys are. Everybody waits the last minute. And in the post-Rona world, everybody's training budgets are being cut and everybody's deciding whether they're going to be able to get to go or not. So don't wait because they're not going to have an infinite number of spots. And the price goes up after a certain date. So get signed up as soon as possible. It's in Orlando. We'll see you there. Be sure to hit them up. Hits K9, letter K number nine dot net. One of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at Kinetic Dog Food. The story of Kinetic uh, Performance Dog Food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level better performance, and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they considered to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have. Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there. And uh, 32K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 20, 
uh, 6K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food um, company, kineticdogfood.com. Be sure to check them out on social media too, man. They're, they're amazing folks, kineticdogfood.com. By now, you've probably all heard my story at least once. I'm usually getting tagged by dogs or hurting myself. So this next product is like near and dear to me because I actually use it. Uh, Quick Turn by Vet Care. It does great for keeping small things from turning into big ones. I use it at the kennel for uh, clients' dogs that have some issues with skin stuff or have food allergies or have environmental allergies. Works great. Keeps hot spots from making giant hot spots. And it keeps my working dogs who inevitably find magnificent ways to hurt themselves from turning it into a giant vet visit stops little issues from becoming big ones so it comes in a spray it comes in an ointment comes in a dressing it's great for creating a protective barrier and promoting wound healing you really only have to use it like once a day so there's no reason not to have it in the vehicle since it's temperature stable you don't got to worry about it getting hot getting cold or anything like that so put it in your first aid kit or put it in your cabinet vetcare.us on the internet quick derm by vetcare on the inner on instagram and on facebook and then hit them up with the discount code one zero wdr for 10 percent off your first order so my entire time that i was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement the cars at my department in the departments that i trained all had american aluminum accessory kennels in the cars different cars man dodge chargers all ford models some chevys uh suvs cars everything we loved american aluminum accessories um it's a great product a great company they've been serving uh canine law enforcement community for over 20 years if you check out their uh, website ez that's the letter z ezrideronline.com they got testimonials they got videos on how to they got a list of everything they have uh just today we made a post on the working dog radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the american aluminum kennel in the back of the car Check them out online, guys. Easyrideronline.com. Just let them do their thing, man. Whatever car you got for your work, your patrol car, get a hold of them, American Aluminum Accessories, and get the best in the business. Next up comes uh, training courses online from our friends down at Highland Canine Training, Jason and Aaron Ferguson. So in the post-Rona world, uh, training budgets have been getting cut. People aren't going to be able to travel, whether it be instructors or they be and handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to Tactical Police Canine Training, that's letter K number nine, training.com, and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off of that course. All right, everybody, we're back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting the bite with our friend Tara Burke sitting down in sunny, warm uh, South Carolina. Every once in a while, I'll send her a picture of my uh, dashboard where it says it's like four degrees out, and uh, she'll be like, it's 83 here. Oh my God, that, that sucks. Um, anyways, so Tara spent uh, first part of her adult life uh, in military-related things and got into law enforcement. Moved down to Somerville. If you're listening to the first part, this is where we left off. So you're at Somerville for a while, 
um canine opening comes in how's what was the process at somerville for that pretty simple to be honest with you um i was kind of surprised i had only been there i'd only been at somerville like six months at the time um but i'd been in law enforcement for over five years at that point so i said well can't hurt at least they'll know i'm interested um so i put a packet together and did a notebook with you know my resume and all of my qualifications and uh did an interview and that was that was the whole process. Um, I tried during my time there to get that process changed, but I was never able to get anything to stick. Um, I just you, always felt like there needed to be more. You you put a, pro, a packet together, like the nerd that you learned to be growing up and everything, and that was good, but it works, right? It's efficiency. Yes. So you get, you get it. Um, let's talk about a part. First meeting, how, how to go, where'd you, where'd you get them? Um, so he came from Ventosa Kennels. Um, when I went to pick him out, I had the, uh, the guy that was sergeant over the unit at the time and another lieutenant who at the time wasn't over the unit and came, came to be back over the unit again, but was a canine handler, like in the early 2000s when it was like, bite him if you want to. Um, and they came to me to pick him out. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Ted. Oh, no. Hey, it, look, it was the 2000s, man. Like, that was the best time in American cultural history. I said that on Instagram the other day. The late 90s and the early 2000s was our cultural peak. <laughs> and this is included. Bite him if you want. Absolutely. <laughs> He's an absolute badass. And he had, I never got to meet his dog, but his dog is legendary in the, in this area. Mm. Um, and so they showed me three dogs. Um, female duchy who was insane um a male mal who was huge and i was like well i'm not exactly that big um then the third one to come out was this dinky little german shepherd um who was scrawny as shit and this is so cheesy eric you're gonna punch me for even saying this but he was the only dog of the three that actually even came up to me and he jumped up on me and like wasn't trying to rip my arm out of the socket or do anything crazy. And I was like, um, I think this is going to be mine. Um, you know, I'm not, not dumb. I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I needed to be able to control something. And I felt like I would have that with him. Yeah. Meanwhile, apart to a, a sable German shepherd, when he stands up you're the same height. <laughs> so I compare everything to Ike. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll get into Ike here in a little bit, but uh, yeah. <laughs> seems small to me. So you you get them. You, did you guys do uh, training in house, or did you go out? You go somewhere else? No, nope, we did training for six weeks at Ventosa. Hmm. That's right. That's right. I do remember that part. Um, so you're out on the road. When we first met, um, met, which was online, you know, um, you you I. I don't watch live P PD. I never did. Um, I think it's like really bad for parts of law enforcement myself, but uh, you, you had said something about your um, Twitter and how many bragging about how many followers you have basically is what you're doing, but no, just kidding. But I forget how the conversation came up. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And you're like, yeah, I was on live PD. And then my Twitter feed blew up from my dog's name and everything. And so I got on it and started, cause I'm not on Twitter that much. I got on and started watching. Um, I did have to give you a bunch of shit because you talk on the Twitter account, like you're the dog. And um, that drives me insane. So, and that's a short trip, trust me. Um, <clears throat> so 
So you're working in, let's talk about the live PD. How did it come about? What, what was that like in, in the aftermath after that? Um, so one day the whole canine unit got called in, um, which always was like never a good thing, right? Like we all get called in and the then captain was there. It's like, oh shit, what do we do? What's happening? Um, and he sat us down and he said that the live PD folks um, wanted to shoot some commercials and they wanted dogs. And he picked two of us basically to have talking spots in these commercials. Um, and it was an 11 hour day of filming of misery for, I shit you not, like two 20 second commercials. Um, and I thought nobody will ever see these. It was like never going to become a thing. But at the time I didn't even have a Twitter account and I had some people messaging me on Instagram and that's when I made a Twitter account and it's just his name came out apart. And I couldn't believe how like live PD fans are like a cult. Um, and they follow this stuff religiously, like almost in a creepy kind of way. Oh yeah. Believe me. I mean, I'm from the town where Larkin's from. Exactly. Uh, believe me. And I, he and I have mutual friends, like, and I, like, we kind of like, no, believe me, I know. <laughs> but at least he was like on the show, right? And like doing right. Things. So I was like, yeah. that makes sense. It was just a commercial. I couldn't believe how many people would recognize us, even in town, like within the town of Somerville, like would get stopped because I would always get out of my cruiser and just walk around because, you know, I can't sit. I'm like you, Eric, I can't sit still. Um, but people would stop us and be like, oh my God, I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. So Ted, you're where you're at. It's like the home of live PD, right? Basically. Uh, yeah. So I, I play a game, like stay inside and watch live PD or go outside and be on it. And <laughs> uh, like we have, there's a gas station uh, and it's owned by a company called quick trip. They're great. Right. They're one of the best companies to work for in the country. Um, and like, if you want to work in corporate, you have to work in the stores and they pay really well and they're clean and they're safe and all these other things. And those dudes have shot more people than I think TPD has this year. Uh, they killed a dude like recently and there's all, but they, you know what? They do a good job and they're safe and it's clean and like, it's super well run. Uh, but they found a dead body around one yesterday. Like, so yeah, I, I live in an area that's, um, you know, I mean, hasn't been gentrified yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is but yeah it, it's not that bad um i everyone i mean we have a lot of gang violence uh, and a lot of drug violence we have a gang i put this in quotation marks if you're not watching this in gang unit and they're not really a gang unit they're the fucking gun guys they're looking for guns um you know our trent shores our um usada is really big on uh them and the atf looking for um guns right now um on dudes and they're really good at catching them uh, so I don't have a problem with that. And it's, uh, it's always interesting because I see those dudes all the time, like up where I'm at, my kennels up there, you know, our kennels up here and like, and I see them boys driving around and, you know, they don't dress like the normal ones and they're like the normal TPD guys. And, but they do a great job. They're professional. They do, they do a fantastic job. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, do I stay inside and watch it or do I go outside mm -hmm. and be on it? Like that's how close I am. So yeah. <laughs> you live in the neighborhood that Ray would get an, uh, an Airbnb at if there was an HRD in Tulsa. Nah, it, when we had the one in hits in Maryland, like even when we had the hits in Maryland, we like our Airbnb got canceled and we got another one immediately. And even the cops from the DC area were like, PG County. Yeah. They were like, you're staying where? 
And we Wait, told them like, last no, night. Like, Anybody trying where? to kill you? They're like, no, but where in PG County? We gave them the address, and they're like, hey, you got a gun? Because <laughs> you're gonna need one. I'm like, no, we got guns and dogs, and they're like, okay, because they're like, and it was, I it mean, was quiet. It was well, we quiet. The, I mean, the, apparently, the literally the apartment complex behind us was uh, like the place. Yeah, the, I, the, it, it was the place. But I was just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's no big deal. Like, I, but I, I was, I had a puppy there, remember? Uh, yeah, Linus, so, and I was letting him out with a gun in my hand, like fucking <laughs> looking around, like four in the robbed. morning. No, it was quiet. It we didn't hear nothing. But yeah. even the cops from like the DC area that were at his were like, "You're saying where?" Like, I don't even go over there. I'm like, eh. I mean, there's no food, but I mean, you know, whatever. Like, it wasn't that big of a deal. So, stay yeah, myself. Leave me alone. <laughs> so we um, talk about. This is just going to be for my ego, honestly. Uh, talk about because um, so, like I said, Tara and I have been friends for a long time, and somebody just the other day I followed followed somebody back online if 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 people follow me on instagram and if i look um if they're especially if they're a canine person i follow them back you know uh, especially handlers and um somebody put it on their story oh uh fanboying out or something like that because i followed them which yeah. is, is for me is um is uh you know is weird but uh, it's not weird that he said it. Just it makes you feel strange. But then you you messaged me. I felt the exact same way. So how did how did our relationship come about? Because you reached out and started it. I did. Um, I started stalking you on social media um, and following as much as I could. Because at the time I had only been in the supervisor role for a little over a year, and I knew I had an insane amount of stuff to learn. And I was literally just trying to be a sponge and learn as much as I could. Um, and you've kind of just hurt my ego because I was the same way, right? When you hit that follow button back, I did the same thing. And I was like, ah. <laughs> I felt special for a hot minute. Um, then I learned that you follow everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I just started bugging you, right? And I would comment on your stuff and I would message you and I kept threatening you that I was going to come up there and train. And you kept saying, okay, come do it. And I was like, okay fuck around i'm gonna come up and sure shit i actually used some vacation time which i had use or lose leave um and instead of going someplace like really warm i decided it'd be great to go to ohio in the middle of winter which was a massive mistake. it was freezing when you were here it was cold yes it was yeah she came up and we um uh we did a lot of tracking apart was a great tracking dog there was some bite work stuff we were trying to work on um, I used to have a, a school that I use. I could still use it, but they're going to tear it down. So they turn the heat off and it's colder inside than outside now. But, um, we call it Baxter school. I've, I've trained hundreds and hundreds of dogs at Baxter took a part over there, put them through some dark room stuff and just, just had a lot of, it was fun, man. It was a good time. Um, I I'm the type of person cause I knew where I was at with my first dog, Gina, I've talked about a lot on here issues I had with Gina and not, not engaging or, or just, just, she wasn't a police dog. She was a, an amazing pet dog. But, um, and so I always said I would help as many people as I can. They just got to get here, right? If they can get here, I'll, I'll, I'll help them out. And at the time I had an apartment attached to the kennel. So, um, 
if you're going to stay at the apartment, I might need you to help with the kennel a little bit, you know, but I only had four kennels at the time. It's not hard, but um, yeah, it was a good, it was a good trip up and it, and it kind of um, cemented our friendship and going forward. Uh, Tara's was at Somerville and, and um, got two of my dogs down there. Um, and Oscar and Vinny is still Vinny. They still keep the same name. Yep. Two great dogs doing good stuff down there. Um, we were trying to uh, kind of change the culture a little bit on on dogs they were getting, and I think we've done okay, done decent work down there. Um, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna take our other break, and we're gonna get into um, well before before we do that, were you on TV again? Uh, well, you out in California? Did you participate? Yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we tried our hand at Top Dog, uh, season three. And how was that whole experience from start to finish? So in the moment, I really kind of hated it. Um, again, Eric, you know me well enough to know like I'm big time stressor, and I was so nervous the entire time that I didn't really enjoy it. Um, when I started to actually enjoy it was when I got home and started developing friendships with a lot of people that were on the show because seasons two and three were very different than season one. Um, two and three was just like a massive hodgepodge of just people with dogs. Like some of them were dog trainers, some of them were not. There was not that many uh, cops like there was on the first season. Um, so I just met a ton of really awesome people and really awesome trainers that I still um, kind of keep in touch with now. Um, and we go back and forth and people I've learned stuff from people I share things with. So that was kind of the best part of the whole thing. Um, a part decided, uh, that he didn't want to swim that day. And I failed him as a handler because I know I could have just like given him a little push on his butt and he would have jumped in no problem. But they had told us like, you can't touch your dog. You can't touch your dog. You can't touch your dog. So when he froze, I froze. And I was like, shit, they told me not to touch him. Um, but you know, again, he did way better on the rest of the course than I thought he would. So, um, I was really happy about that. Obviously would have liked to have finished better. Um, the episode I was on specifically was all veterans. So that was kind of cool. Um, I was the only police officer in, in that whole, in that whole group. So, yeah. Was it your season where they had the strike? Yeah. Um, when we were out there when they had the strike, so I flew out on September 11th, as a matter of fact, and that was like a Saturday, I think. And the strike started like Monday or Tuesday. And so we literally, and this was like height of COVID. So everything was shut down. So there's nothing to do and no place to go. Um, they actually got to the point where they were putting us in vans and like taking us to local parks just to get us out of the hotel because there was nothing to do. People were renting cars and like going into Hollywood and stuff like that. Um, but again, I, you know, I cocooned myself in my room because I was so nervous about the whole thing that I didn't really enjoy the the experience. Yeah, uh, I remember talking to you uh, while you're out there, and then my uh, Mike, our friend Mike Garber, was he was on season one. He was talking to people that he knew out there, and he's I felt really bad for you. I was like, that sounds absolutely miserable. Like you're stuck. Like you can't get out. It, it was for a few days. It really was. Ugh, that would be horrible. So anyways, we're going to take our commercial break and we're going to uh, get back. We're going to talk about um, some of the sport work that Tara does and getting out of law enforcement and kind of uh, what precipitated that, where we were headed. Um, I may have pushed a little 
uh, on on Tara uh, to to help her make some decisions. But uh, and we're going to talk about you know getting out of law enforcement, and still working with dogs in the civilian world. So stick around. Don't fast forward. If you do, the uh, show notes will have all of the um, uh, discount codes and websites and everything for our sponsors. Stick around. All right. We love the Perkinsons down in uh, North Carolina at Highland Canine Training. They are great people, great trainers. They got a good business model. They're awesome folks. We've been with them for a long time. Uh, They're also super smart and they understand that a lot of agencies are struggling to have manpower. So they're not sending people away for training. You guys have been there. You know, you put in denied lack of manpower. So they've created an online course section of their website, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. You get on there under training the online course. But here's the best thing is they offer a supervisor, canine supervisor course, which we know a lot of uh, police canine supervisors don't get to go to training. They don't know as much as they should right here online uh, the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs and handlers proper deployment effective allocation and utilization as well as liability and the flsa issues which we know is where all the legal stuff comes from interdepartmental uh, the course can be taken at your convenience and you will receive a certificate of completion at the end uh, they're offering an amazing discount guys, 30% off using the discount code WDR 30. It's a no brainer. If you're a police supervisor and you guys have manpower issues, you can't go get on tactical police canine training.com under the training tab, get on that supervisor's course, man. I'm telling you, it's a smart decision. Another one of our favorite partnerships with the podcast here is the one and only Dogtra. The doctor guys have been producing some amazing tools in the dog training world for a long time. Everything from e-collars, GPS tracking, ball trainers. If it's electric and you use it with a dog, they've probably done it. They're the best. They are revolutionizing the way you communicate with the dog. I use it daily, whether I'm using pets. Uh, I use the 200C on most of our pets. Uh, most of my patrol guys will use a 1900 hands-free, 1900S hands-free. And then I use the ball popper pretty much daily with all of our detection dogs for imprinting on our box protocols. So hit them up at Dogtra Official on Instagram and Facebook. And then you've got Dogtra.com. And when you go there, if you use the discount code WDR10, they'll give you 10% off a single item over 200 bucks. So if you're looking at a 1900S or that Ball Popper Pro or one of those things, it'll knock a substantial chunk off there. So hit them up, doctor.com, WDR10. So everybody knows that Ted and I uh, not only train police dogs, we train pet dogs, right? We train dogs. So it's why our relationship with Ray Allen Manufacturing is so important. These guys have been doing this so long. They knew and they understand that dogs are dogs and it's not just working dog people that need things for their dog and dog training. So you go to rayallen.com. They have everything dog related that you need. Anything that when it comes to dogs, pet dogs, your pet training dogs, police dogs, dogs you're training for other departments, anything you need, rayallen.com. Uh, they've got it. You can get on there. So if you're ordering stuff for police dogs and if you have a pet side, you can get it all in one, man. They ship it out. Got a nice big box full of a whole bunch of stuff. There's nothing better than getting a big box of dog training stuff in the mail. They also are great to us and they offer a discount code working dog radio, all capital letters, working dog radio for 10% off. Check them out. Rayallen.com. Great people. Ted and I use them every day. 
Super excited to have American Aluminum Accessories on board with us here at the podcast. These guys manufacture a wide variety of products from high quality cam locker toolboxes to an extensive line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of law, the law enforcement community. Around 1992, due to the demand for safe and secure transport for a local law enforcement agency's canine unit, they introduced the very first in-vehicle Easy Rider canine container. So it was basically what we now call just our inserts. They have continuously grown and expanded uh, the products, catering to the needs and the wants of their valued customers and high-profile clientele, and catering specifically to law enforcement. Over the years, as the needs have changed for law enforcement, they've evolved and expanded the products to include inmate transport systems, the canine training aids, which I use quite a bit of, canine inserts. Most of, every one of my guys has one of those things. And you know, you if you're not even have to be in law enforcement, I have several friends that are civilians that work. <laughs> lots of dogs that have the inserts put into their cars too so you got one that fits you can do it uh they also do contraband and animal control systems just to name a few so be sure to hit them up the website is easy rider online so that's the letter e the letter z as in zebra rideronline.com if you're looking for them on instagram and facebook it's american aluminum accessories feel free to hit them up there too so our first and oldest sponsor that's been with us from the beginning is arno out out at ALM, uh, out there in, in Las Vegas area. Arno is a great dude. He makes great stuff for, for police work and sport work, suits, tugs. I'm telling you right now, his tugs are the best in the business. You can't get any better. Multiple colors. Uh, I, I buy boxes of them from him, give them out to everybody. Uh, I've got a bite suit from him. Love it. I've had it for a little over three years and it's holding up like a champ. Um, Ted's got a suit that he's had forever from ALM. Uh, we wouldn't go anywhere else, man. We love it. Arno is such a good dude. His uh, ALM canine equipment.com is the website. Get on there. He's got pre-made suits. He can do custom suits based on your measurements. Um, he's got stuff already, already made up. If you kind of get a kind of generic large size, maybe for everybody, the colors he has, man, is really cool. He can put a lot of stuff on those suits. Uh, check them out. ALMK9equipment.com and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off. You know, running a kennel is one of those things that I always worry about is cleanliness and safety of dogs. And it's, it seems like it's an ever changing issue being able to house dogs and move things around and everything else. So the guys at horizon structure make this as easy as possible. Literally the only thing you have to do is have water and power hookups and they deliver it and you can put dogs in that day. And it comes built, comes on a trailer. They just drop it off. You plug it in, put dogs in it, and you're ready to rock. You keep them clean. You keep them safe. You keep them cool in the summer and warm in the wintertime. And it's completely custom. You can go complete, mild to wild. I've seen some that were stainless steel all the way from top to bottom on the inside. And then I've seen some for a, a bulldog breeder that you know had smaller gates because those things can't jump. So if you reach out to them, uh, they're sitting there waiting for you to call and help you through the custom design process. They have everything from two dog ones up to, uh, I want to say like 18 or 20. It's a lot of, you can put a lot of dogs, indoor, outdoor runs. So anything you've ever dreamed of, they've got it or have done it or can do it. So they've taken all the guesswork out of building it. Everything is pre-done to your specifications that it's assembled, dropped off, boom, you're ready to rock. These things are amazing. Uh, Rigney has one. Uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Go check out his Instagram and you can see he's posted it up there before. Go look Horizon up at Horizon Structures, spelled out uh, on the internet. It's horizonstructures.com. And you're going to look for the link in there that says commercial dog kennels. Or give them a call, 
888-789-8837. They'd love to talk to you and get you started on the way. All right, everybody. We are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting The Bite uh, with our, our good friend, Tara Burke. Um, we found out that um, Ted lives in a war zone, which uh, is story. pretty cool. Pretty, pretty neat. And uh, <laughs> yeah, one one day it's as hot as the surface of the sun, and the next day it's in the frozen tundra. So I thought Ohio was bad. We just never get that hot. It's just uh, no, it, it's stupid hot. Here. <laughs> it gets ridiculous hot here. And I know everyone's Which, listening here. It's like in Arizona. They're like, "Oh fuck you!" It's getting hot. I'm like, "Yeah, bitch." If we got humidity though, so yeah. it'll be 110, and then it'll be like 85 percent humidity, and they're like, "Oh." What's that like? I'm like, <laughs> it's special. <Yeah. laughs> like, then the same thing. You go to Vegas and they're like, oh, it's a dry heat. And I'm like, so is opening the oven or standing mm-hmm. in front of a hairdryer. It's not pleasant. Like, I don't give a shit that it's dry. It's hot. It's un like it's academic. It doesn't matter. It's uncomfortable. It sucks. The, the, the ladies in Arizona don't know what boob sweat is. But if you <laughs> live in a humid area, a place of humidity, you're like, yep, I got it. Know what you mean? Good to go. <laughs> sucks. So anyways, uh, that was weird. Um, we, we're here. Uh, oh, real quick, Ted, speaking of the heat, is this the first year you're going to have AC, full AC in the place? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we got you're not going to know what to do. Uh, not, well, I guess. Work not inside. Sweat, <laughs> not sweat. That's going to be good. Well, I can tell you that like detection, I can, I'll be able to work detection at fucking Oh, noon. yeah. That's the worst, man. <laughs> dripping. I'll be able to work detection at noon, and mm. then it'll be awesome, and I'll have a toilet, which is cool. So that works. So that's mm-hmm. gonna be nice. So yeah, it's uh, and we oh, I installed my dog bath today. That was cool. Oh, I saw all that. Yeah, we got the yeah. same exact tub. Yeah, that's a game changer that for us. Rad, right? And we yeah, have radly expensive too. We have, well, yeah, I don't want to talk about that, but mm. uh, I do have one of the instant hot water heaters, and. So it's in Celsius, by the way. So everyone's like, what is 63 Celsius? I'm like, fucking hot. Hot. Yeah, I'm like, don't, they're like, well, they kind of look at me and they're like, what is 65? I'm like, fucking hotter. Like, don't turn it up. So, I mean, they had it turned up that, I don't know, hot. Like, Scalding. Near, yeah, I mean, it had to have been 155, 160 degrees. Hot enough to blanch chicken. I know that because... And they turned the water on, and, it looked, and I know it was kind of cold today, but I was like, what the fuck, guys? I was like, what do you have to set on? They're like, oh, it's only six, set on like 60 degrees. I'm like, 60 degrees Celsius, bro. That is, I mean, that is, no, we cannot wash dogs at 60 degrees Celsius. We're not like fucking soft-boiling dogs. I mean, it was, I was like, let's let's crank this down a little. It was like, yeah, it felt a little warm. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it did. I'm like, get on fucking Google and figure that shit out, or just know what the difference is but uh, so that i don't know i have one of those same heaters but mine just says hot or hotter i mean there's no number on it now we ours is it's and there's no way to change it i'm just like whatever so i set it and locked it so those fuckers can't change it (laughs) yeah the old lock um so we're here with our friend tara uh tara burke she's down in uh, south carolina she uh, was um, law enforcement for a while, doing canine stuff. Um, current owner of Ridgeside Canine Somerville. So, um, in the spirit of this particular uh, series of episodes about leaving law enforcement and getting into um, the private sector, let's talk about first. So, 
being friends and that we talk you know, from time to time, I could sense from conversations and even through text messages, which if you can convey certain things through text messages, it's, it's pretty serious that I could tell that your love for the work or for the, for the job was waning and it was stressing you out. Uh, and it, it seems to be, especially these days, a, a very typical theme without getting, you know, too far into all the particulars. You want to talk about where you were at at a mental state? Yeah. Um, it was actually like last year at this time I had act- pushed myself so far. I was, you know, canine unit supervisor working a regular patrol shift um, on our SWAT team, just doing all the things plus my reserve duty. Plus I was still doing pet dogs like on the side. Um, I had physically worn myself out to the point that I thought there was something medically wrong. Um, and I went to the doctor, but it was just straight fatigue. Um, so I actually went on FMLA and took some time to try to figure out if it was something medical or not. Um, and during that time, the business started picking up, um, my friend Lydia, who you've met Eric, um, you know, she was living with me at the time and, uh, helping with the pet dog stuff. And we started getting busier and busier and, you know, as you know, I talking to you, I, I just got to that point where I was like, I think we're busy enough that I can finally do it. Um, Somerville was a great agency and I, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, as, as I grew as a trainer, um, started to not see eye to eye with some of the command staff. Um, and that was a real problem for me. Uh, and I felt like it was time. Like you said, I, you know, I loved training dogs. Tuesdays was our training day. And that was always my favorite day. Um, I, I was like, I want to do this 24 seven. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm, I'm good at. Um, and at the time, Somerville, they still don't, um, they didn't have a position for a full-time trainer. And between that and kind of butting heads with command staff on some things, um, with support from people like you, I, I, I made that jump and I said, okay, this is time. It's time to, to go big or go home. So I, I, you know, I don't own Ridside Canine, the brand. That's Aaron Taylor. Um, you can see my hat's got my little logo. I own the Ridside Canine Ohio. She's got her little hoodie on. I live in those hoodies. Yes. Um, I'm wearing a, a college hoodie today. But um, so I, uh, I had, after I retired, I, I was doing the Van S thing for a while. And we've talked about this a lot. I've talked about it on the social media. I split off into the Ridside Canine um, brand and opened Ridside Canine Ohio because I had to separate the police dog stuff from the from the uh, pet dog stuff. And with Aaron's help, we we were doing pretty good at Van S, and then we just exploded. I went from having three pet trainers to 11 in six months. And um, so it, it went really really well. But, and again, I, I don't own the brand name, but I am also, but I am very particular and kind of um, an ambassador for the brand. And Aaron's very particular about who is going to own the location. And um, I can't remember if I mentioned it to you or if you mentioned it to me or if Aaron reached out or somehow, how did, how did the train start working with the Ridside Canine? Uh, Blue Line, as a matter of fact. Um... Aaron did that class on, I forget exactly what it was called. He'll probably kill me, but it was like entrepreneurship type stuff. And he taught two classes. And the first one, there was only a handful of people in there. Um, It was like the last class of the day. And so it turned 
listening to like two hours of Aaron and I basically talking to each other. Um, and he was, I think he was kind of feeling me out and to see where I was at. I hadn't left the police department yet at that time. I was still on FMLA, but I hadn't actually left. Um, and when the class was over, we walked outside and he was kind of like, yeah, you know, we'll be in touch, blah, blah, blah. And it was that night that he, I think, messaged you to kind of get the, is this chick legit or not? Yeah. <laughs> um, and luckily you gave me a glowing review. I, at least I hope anyway, because I'm here. So mm -hmm. thank you. Um, and uh, it took some time because he had some, you know, other locations to get up and going and stuff like that. But um, we finally got website up and all that as of like December 1st. So the difference between like me and Ted and, and you was I was doing, I was at the police department and I was doing police dogs, um, but I wasn't really doing pets at all. And Ted was doing exclusively police dogs and you, you were doing a little bit of both. And then, you know, I'm sure Ted and, oh, I know we've talked about it. We're talking shit. We ain't doing them fucking pets. Fuck all that. Ain't doing pets. Ain't doing pets. Ain't doing pets. Boom. Here we are. 90% of our business is, is pets anymore. Um, so for us, that was a, uh, like an immediate overnight weird change for us. Um, but I had already left, you know, left the police department. I retired and, um, Ted just moved from one building into his new space and, and the pet dog stuff is there. Um, before we get into yours, I, we haven't really talked about it that much, Ted. All of a sudden, just one day I asked, on the podcast, asked how things are going. And you're like, yeah, I got a bunch of pet dogs. What was for you that significant change? Uh, like, how did it roll out? Like, you just took one and started? Um, ours was a little more deliberate. Um, we had been asked before to do pet dogs and, um, my previous business situation didn't really allow that both in terms of facility and in terms of setup. So it really wasn't like anything I wanted to do. Plus, honestly, I don't enjoy dealing with pet people. Um, and I say that not to be like dismissive or demeaning or whatever, uh, cops have to listen to me because they're paid to be there. Right. And if they don't listen to me, I fucking fire them and send them back. I've done that recently where I'm like, this person sucks. Like, give me a new handler. Like they're just, they shouldn't be a fucking canine handler. There's a hundred other jobs in law enforcement. Let them go do one of those. Um, pet people are a little different and, um, my personality doesn't really jive with that. So I have a really big problem with that. So ours was very deliberate. Um, we had a, a plan that we drew up between the three of us um, that are involved in Torchlight and had a marketing budget that was specifically targeted with Google AdWords and some other things and some Facebook and Twitter stuff and, and Instagram and stuff. And we had a target of what we wanted in terms of the amount we needed and everything else. Uh, we had like packages set up and all this other stuff. So it was a little more deliberate than that. And um, I also kind of like looked at my local market and I'm sure my local, and I got to be honest with you, I don't give a fuck who is in Tulsa training to pet dogs. I just got this dog today, the murder pony, pet bull, pit bull mm -hmm. came in. She didn't tell me who, but she said that a vet and four other trainers in town said the dog needs to be put down. I'm like, fuck that. And I was like, this dog, this is 100% created. It's not genetic. There ain't nothing wrong with this motherfucker, except that he's been allowed to do this bullshit. I just told her not, just kind of 
a fly by night deal because I still had the police business going and we were still fostering the split from my former situation. So there was a lot going on there too. So we we're running effectively two separate businesses. I mean, you, you literally have two separate businesses, Eric, like you have yeah. site Ohio and then you have Van S canine, right. And you're running them. So it's, so we have Torchlight canine and then Torchlight pets while it's all the same accounting and everything else. It is two separate businesses. Like the pet people have the, the ring number that everyone sees. The police officers have my number. Pet people do not have my phone number. <laughs> like that no that is not happening so it was very deliberate so part of the reason why and and i think um when when uh frank ritter brought up the idea of doing the this series of, of podcasts what what struck me was and i and i get this completely is so if you're in law enforcement it's a um it's a secure job right for the most part you're there Especially if you work up north with the union, you're there. Um, you can just stay there and ride it out and, uh, you know, retire, get a pension. Some places don't have pension. They have 401k or whatever it is they have. Um, you just got to ride it out. You're most people by the time they retired are so unhappy that they, uh, there's not a lot of guys in law This is going to sound horrible. But when, when I was at the police department, there were guys that would leave, they would retire, and we would take a pool on how long they would stay alive. Not from suicide or anything, just because they looked like shit. And they lived like shit, and they were depressed, and they were just miserable. And some of them were miserable their entire careers, and they sucked. But some of those were good dudes, right? And so leaving a secure career is not an easy thing to do. Um, I, based on the people that I talk to, when I talk to them, if, if I think they can do it, I'll encourage it and kind of even prod them a little bit and check in on them. And it was kind of the case here with Tara, but Tara, talk about that, the trepidation of stepping off and, and doing your thing and leaving a, a guaranteed paycheck. I think the hardest, the actual hardest part was walking in and putting in my two weeks. It was like, once I did that, um, it, it was like a, the weight of the world had been lifted and I, I felt like I could actually do it. Um, but it is terrifying, right? Like I went to a federal service academy, then I went in the military, then I became a cop. Like there was always that security, things I never had to worry about. Like when I was in the military, I didn't have to worry about medical because that was all taken care of. So when I became a cop, I had to think about that and that was new. Um, and so leaving that and leaving, you know, I didn't have... I wasn't vested at either agency because I was only there five years in Arlington and six, almost six in Somerville. Um, so I didn't really lose much, but I also felt like I was right on that cusp of, you know, shit or get off the pot. If I'm going to do it, now's the time to do it. Otherwise, I'm going to be that guy who's stuck in this position till they're, you know, in their 60s and miserable and not able to do any life. Um, and it took me a really long time. So uh, Lydia and I actually started kind of chatting about this in like October, November of 2020. Um, and I didn't actually put my two weeks in until July of 21. Um, and I'll be honest, up until the time I walked into the office and did it, I didn't know that I was going to. I really didn't. Um, I didn't know if I'd have the balls to actually say, okay, fine, I can do this. And some of that goes back to lack of, you know, confidence in myself and my abilities. Um, my ability not to train dogs, but my ability to, to manage all of the 
other stuff that nobody talks about. You know, Ted, you were just talking about like the Google ads and that kind of stuff. Things nobody thinks about. Um, just answering emails and phone calls and all that. Um, it's it's an absolutely terrifying, terrifying jump to make. And I, I really didn't think I would do it. And if it wasn't for people like, like you, Eric, and for Aaron for giving me the opportunity, I, I'd probably still be there and be miserable. And it's funny because people who know me really well, um, my, my poor husband included, will tell me I'm, I'm a totally different person now. I really am um, happier. Like I'm able to enjoy life. Like obviously I have stress, but it's a different type of stress. Um, it's not that stress. And I think you know what I mean when I say that stress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, Eric has said this when we did Eric's retirement episode, uh, we did it in Canton he was like, you know, and you said, Eric, you said this multiple times. You're like, I didn't leave law enforcement because I didn't like the job. It was that's right. never what it was about. And it never was never the work. It was, it was always who you worked for. And having been employed, self-employed basically since Clinton was in office, like I can tell you, I, and, and it, and I'm sure you both and Eric, especially you have found out that it's extremely freeing, right? Like, I mean, there's been multiple times, like I was just in California at HRD and, uh, a, a very, very large company that we were being hosted by or using their facility was kind of upset that we were doing bite work outside. And um, a, the employee from this huge company came to us and said, you know, you're scaring people. I'm like, I'm sure you'll get over it because they asked who was in charge and everyone there turned and pointed at me. I'm like, great. So I'm like, you're, you'll get over it. You're not going to die. And you don't have a mask on. It's California. And they freaked out. Um, which was not the answer they were looking for because they wanted me to kiss their ass. And what the fuck are they going to do? Fire me? Like, like what are you going to do? Like, did you have your hey fuck face hat on or whatever? No, I did not have that on. I was dressed appropriately, uh, aside from the that fact been that great. I was fucking covered in tattoos and like whatever. But like, it was just kind of this like cancel culture bullshit that is endemic in everything. And I was just kind of like, yeah, okay, you're not going to die. We'll be done in a little bit. You'll be fine. I promise. And not, the, not what they wanted to hear. And some of the cops standing there were like, I, I'm like, what the fuck are they going to do? Like, not going to buy a dog for me? I'm in Tulsa. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, they're not going to have me train their dog. I don't care. Like, who cares? What the fuck? I don't care. It's some guy. And so it's very freeing. But you're right. It is very terrifying. Like, taxes and fucking health insurance and regular insurance and fucking rent and Google AdWords and bullshit. Cause that's whatever the joke is. Everybody's like, Oh, you get to play with dogs all day. I'm like, fuck. That's what you think I do all day. I'm like, you are sadly mistaken. I mean, we do play with dogs a lot, but I mean, the, a lot of it, like it's still a business. Like the police side still a business. It still requires work. It, you know, the pet side is definitely a business. You both know that like the, the, the pet side is a lot of like Terry, you mentioned it. And I will say, thankfully, Alicia and someone else take care of emails and text messages and phone calls and all that bullshit. The only thing I and my guys have to do is train dogs. That's it. That's all we do. And I am grateful for that uh, because if I didn't have them, I would not be doing it 100%. Like it's definitely a teamwork makes a dream work thing because if I had to deal with that shit, I would fucking shoot myself probably i it was i i was there's no fucking way i would do it yeah and that's the thing i mean we're talking about this that you um step out and you're gonna do you're gonna do dog stuff when you know in the civilian world like um like frank ritter on his episode he talked about he he's in a different situation where it's him and four dogs that's a great gig for that guy right 
But if you're going to get into stuff like Tara and I are doing and Ted, um, you have to be prepared. This was the thing I was telling Tara while we were talking about getting ready for her to, to come into the Ridgeside Canine Fold was the way Aaron does the um, in the beginning, the way the website is built and the Google ads and everything kicks off. You got to be ready. Like when he turns the faucet on, the phone starts ringing and the emails start coming and you have to be ready. I mean, you can pass on people. That's that's cool. Um, but, you know, the, the website guy will tell you, you have a couple hours to answer those people or they're going to Google other dog trainers and they're just going to move on. So for me, when we started, I, I had the Ridgeside Canine Ohio brand for a year and didn't do anything with it. And it was because I was nervous because I didn't have enough trainers. You know, dog trainers, you, they just don't fall out of the tree. They're, no. they're, they're not around that much. It, it's nice if you can um, groom your own. You know, Rich that has Ridgeside Canine Northern California, all he does things a little bit differently. His board and trains are all at his facility. They all stay there. None, none of them go home with a trainer. And then what the way he does it is that he can get interns kind of like you do ted bring in people and groom them you know groom them the way you your system the way you want to do it and you have an eye on them at all times yeah or like kenny does fucking lick lighter we just had him on again and that motherfucker's produced more dog trainers more canine trainers than i think anyone in history yeah they just (laughs) like (laughs) go out into the world everyone goes and works for kenny and then they're like i'm gonna go start my own shit and you're like okay and they he has to start back over (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. So like for me, when we, um, when I first started, I was, uh, I don't know, paying people differently than the government likes, but, um, you know, then we started payroll I, fucking payroll. I was a knuckle dragon dog trainer or in a dog handler. And, um, but for me, I got lucky. My wife had done payroll at her, uh, the place that she was working at, um, she kept her regular job the whole time and then eventually has just re- started working for the company, um, which helps. And I have I have another manager and, and I'm lucky there because at this point now I get to focus on the police dogs. And I have a dog in at, downstairs in my house right now, a board and train. It's the last board and train I will do. Um, I won't do any another single pet dog after this. I just can't. I don't have the time. I did this because it's a good friend of ours. Um, I have enough trainers now. I'm lucky, but I, you don't have to become me. You, I have four fucking buildings now, and if there's a whole lot that goes into it, um, just cleaning the damn places. Uh, if you went to the funhouse, you'd be like, I don't, I didn't know that you had someone clean. If you look around and see all the fucking dog hair, what the, what the fuck does that mean? It, it just means my <laughs> vacuum. I haven't used it lately. Um, but uh, so I have four. I have four buildings, and then you know I don't know like fifteen employees, twenty now nah, more than that. Fuck, like twenty employees now. Things that I never ever thought I would have. But it doesn't have to be that way. You can be Frank and four dogs out in the middle of nowhere doing the stuff um, with those uh, with the big turbines. Speaking of that, I saw a news article today that uh, some turbine company got fined like eight million dollars because they Dude, killed a bunch the same of thing. eagles i saw a bunch of bald article. eagles yeah yeah i saw I'm the like, same article what? I, I, I immediately thought of frank i was like ah oh. what the fuck are they supposed to do <laughs> the, the eagles just flying into the damn shit i guess, i don't know but um so anyways uh because like tara 
is, and eventually you're going to get pushed into a bigger operation, I would assume. But right now, is it the two of you and your husband helping or just the two of you? So I actually have Lydia's doing all of our um, in-home lessons, um, which is fine because Ted, I'm like you, I prefer not to do lessons if I can avoid it at all possible costs. And Lydia doesn't want to do board and trains and she loves doing lessons. So it works out really well. She um, just bought herself a new vehicle, better on gas. So she travels all over the low country and, and does that. And I've got um, actually a good friend of mine who's still a canine handler. Ted, you met him, um, Jeff from down here in the city. Oh yeah. He's doing yeah. one dog a month for me right now. Um, and he's basically taking that money and putting it into his daughter's college fund. Perfect. Um, and then I've got another uh, trainer. She's actually up in Greenville, which is like three hours from here. So right now she either drives down and I get her like two, three week dogs and she drives back or she's actually booked herself a bunch of stuff up that way on her own. Um, but I'm at that point, like you said, how you kind of waited for like a year because you didn't have people. That's where I'm at. It's like, I need... I need more trainers, um, but I also have massive trust issues. And so for me to say, okay, I, I trust that you can come and take a dog and represent my brand. That's really hard for me too. Um, I probably need to let go on that a little bit, but mm -hmm. that's kind of where we're at. Ultimate goal will be to have a facility someday. Um, hopefully not in the too distant future. You know, Aaron and I have, have talked about that quite a bit. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, it's like you said, once that faucet turns on, like right before we got on, I was answering emails and stuff like that. Like it just, it's all day, it doesn't stop. Um, I love it. So, you know, sometimes I'll be out there walking a dog and I'm like, holy shit, this is my life, right? Like I, this yeah. is what, like, my biggest concern is what my exactly. today. <laughs> it's freeing, right? Like yeah. you can do it, you can do it well. I mean, and on top of that, and I see this a lot with dudes that get out of the military um, that kind of like go into these positions and when there's nobody telling them what to do, they're like, uh, like, I know what to do, but I don't know. Like, and so all of a sudden there's all these other skill sets. The other thing I want to mention too, especially since we're talking about law enforcement, such a huge, because we ask people like how you found us, right? So Google, uh, Instagram, Facebook, right? We target ads. You have to be good with social media and damn near everyone listening to this, that's an active cop or an active handler. A majority of you probably have some bullshit social media policy that your department has because, uh, well, not now that Elon Musk just bought Twitter. That ought to be interesting mm -hmm. to see how, or, well, he not bought it, but whatever. He owns like 10%. But a lot of money. See, see how that falls out. He sits on the board now. Um, so you have to be good with social media. Like you have to understand how it works. You have to understand how to interact. You have to understand algorithms. You have to understand all of that shit, which if you're going to generate customers. The other thing is most of you guys, and Eric said, you know, like Frank and four dogs out in the middle of nowhere. Most of you guys listening to this, if you're going to like try and fall into or get into like what we're talking about, you're going to be competing against people, especially if you're in a large area that have been there for a while. Now, whether they're good or not is not really relevant because from being a police canine handler, you know, like you've seen shitty police dogs, right? If it was only the work that mattered, we wouldn't see any uh, bad ones, but and we see bad ones. So, um, and then there's the people that have specialties in your areas too. So, um, my thing is like, we found a niche, we do like certain types of things. There's certain things that I won't compete on. 
And I would, like Tara said, like, I would really like push you towards that. I will tell you, and Eric will tell you that doggy daycare, and he just said at the beginning of the podcast, he said is super labor intensive and it just started fucking paying it for itself. What Eric, after like two years or something ridiculous, three, yeah, three, well, nine, three and a half years, 9,000 fucking dog fights and shit everywhere. And yeah. And, uh, one-on-ones are time sucks and group classes that are not scheduled well are fucking time sucks. And if you are not careful, the biggest advice I can give you coming out and coming from like being a cop because you're like used to answering fucking every question or whatever is not to let people be fucking time sucks. Like, don't be afraid to charge for an evaluation and then credit it back. Don't be afraid to tell people no. Don't be afraid to only take on shit that is going to make you money, right? So and because i tell people no all the time like i we've had i i've told people i told somebody no today they're like can you do this i'm like no we're not doing that and she kind of looked at me i'm like no the most the most toxic bullshit the boomer generation ever told everybody's the customer's always right and if that were the case i wouldn't have a fucking job so no they're not right and there's a reason i we do what we do and like so people say can we do this no you can't and like and i and the people like we've had multiple clients like well i don't like that i'm like okay see ya bounce I got 70 fucking people in line. So bounce, I don't care. And they usually like chill out and then they're fine. You know, they just have fucking anxiety. They have so much anxiety that their dog has anxiety. So, um, but yeah, so don't be afraid to tell people no, and they'll only be fucking time sucks. Like, you know, your time is valuable. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now listen, if you guys go back and listen to the retirement episode that Ted talked about, it is not, I actually kind of regret it to be honest with you. Um, I was pretty fucking angry, like angry at the, at a lot of people at a lot at the world. Um, if you see me in person, you'll see the one tattoo that I have up here that, that is a very angry person with their head exploding and it changes into some other things, but people are like, who's that? I'm like, that's me. That, that was me. Uh, Ted and I did a lot of those rant episodes and people love the rant episodes, but I'm not doing any more of those. Um, it's unhealthy. I, I, every single thing I said was true and I stand behind all of what I said, but you know, I, I, I could take a different approach and I can tell, and here's the thing about it. Some of you guys ride it out, man, ride it out to the end. You're good at it. You got a good position. You got a good cut, you know, good leadership, a good command staff. That's what, that's what, uh, Frank talked about that he loved his people that he worked for. Their unit was good. Their department was very supportive. Um, Jay Nix, I talked to Jay Nix not too long ago. You know, he's he's at his job. We just said, hey, what's it like working for me? He goes, I love it, man. I love the guys, the, the bosses I work for. That wasn't my experience, and that wasn't a lot of most police officers' experience. You know, it comes and goes, and it's up and down. So if you can ride it out, it makes sense to get to your pension, Right. But if you're where Tara was basically six years, cause there's no, they're not adding the previous and they're not putting that together. So she's at six years, a few more years vested, you're, you know, you're kind of stuck. They got you when you get vested. So if you're gonna, if you're bummed out and going to a job every day that you hate, right? Don't reinvent the wheel, reach out to somebody like me and I can just talk to you about it and, and, there are people that have called me and asked and I've said, nah, you should stay where you're at. You got three more years. You're doing good, whatever. Um, 
but I can tell just from our conversations, Tara, that you're the happiest that I've ever known you. And I've only known you for a few years, but you definitely seem happier now than I've ever met. And am I wrong on that? Oh God, no. Um, I really am. Again, just so much less, less stress, um, still stress, but again, in, in a good way. Uh, and like Ted said, it's very freeing. I think that the biggest piece of advice to folks who want to do this is to, like you guys were talking about, you know, they come out of the military, they come out of the police department, and they're so used to being told what to do all the time. Um, they can get almost get stagnant and kind of that, like, not know how to make a decision and, and not move forward because of it. You need, you have to come out and expect that you're going to literally work your ass off 24 uh, seven. I mean, I keep stupid hours because of some of the sports stuff that I do and getting training in with my own dogs. But, you know, it's normal day is somewhere between 16 and 18 hours. And, and that's just facts, right? You wake up, you start, and it's all the way until you go to bed. And you just have to accept that at some point, hopefully, you know, you get to a point like you're at Eric, where you're like, this is my last pet dog. And maybe someday I'll get to that point where I have enough trainers, but mm -hmm. I've kind of accepted that in this infancy stage of this business, like, it's a grind and I'm going to be busting my ass, but I'm doing it for me. And that's like the best feeling in the entire world. And you, so all the times Tara does a lot of sports stuff uh, with her dogs, a um, couple shepherds and Ike, a great Dane. And we'll talk about that here real quick. Uh, but I see you, you and uh, your husband travel a lot a lot of decoy schools, a lot of different seminars and things you're going to uh, on the sports side and everything. Who, how much vacation time have you had to use or comp time have you had to use to go to that? Do you have to ask anybody permission to go? It's crazy. I don't. And the best part is I load up my work and I bring it with me. And mm. it's because honestly, I really do find that these pet dogs, like, especially if they're struggling initially, if we take like, like this weekend, we'll go to North Carolina for the weekend, just overnight to train. And it's really helpful for these pet dogs. Um, they're super, you know, super close with my dogs, um, like proximity wise. And so they really feed off of my guy's energy. Uh, so it's like a win-win. I get to go have fun and do what I want to do, but I also <clears throat> am still able to, to get paid and, and mm -hmm. you know, do the business stuff. For, I retired on a Friday. Monday, I was working and I had a beer at lunch. And for me, that was like when I knew. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about getting in trouble if I got back to work and random shit happened. I had to, you know, blow or piss or something like that. Cause I'm on my way back and end up shooting somebody or, or some shit, weird stuff that used to happen to me. But, um, real quick, talk about Ike. Ike is kind of, uh, like, uh, pretty well known. Actually. We talked about him on one of the other podcast episodes. So don't tell Ike he's not a German shepherd because he will not believe you. Hmm. Um, he 100% thinks he is. And he's kind of just an anomaly. You know, I, I got him from a breeder and um, in the way of state of South Carolina. Um, and I guess I just built like an insane amount of food drive in him. And I can literally teach this dog anything with food. He'll actually even bite a sleeve. Um, it's more of a behavior than actual, you know, any kind of... Mm -hmm else it's just literally like he'll bite it and hold it because i told him to um but he does it all for food if i could find that dog and if anybody's listening if anybody has contract work for a dope dog please call me because ike needs to do something 
um, it's almost a waste to have him sitting here. Um, but you know, I uh, think I was just starting his detection stuff, Eric, when you and I first met, and I would put him up against, honest to God, any just about any police dog um, out there. He's just phenomenal, and his his food drive just it's it's crazy. Um, we got his BH uh, last year, which was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so now now I just kind of mess around with him and, and do whatever I whatever I can, whatever I can teach him. Anything I want to try to teach a dog, I teach Ike first. What, uh, one of my, we mentioned this on the podcast, one of my favorite things is watching Ike do obedience, like for his BH, where he just, he, and his recall, he comes back to you and smacks you in the, and before he flips into position and you see your whole body rock backwards. And then it's, it's funny. I don't know how you don't bust out laughing in, oh, in competition. I do. And I also bust out on my ass sometimes Um, (laughs) because when he was, you know, a six month old puppy, he was still like 80 pounds, but I thought it would be fun to teach him that front position and and to chest bump me. I never expected him to get as massive as he is. Um, When he stands on his back feet, my husband's six, four, and he's taller than my husband. Um, And we really don't know how much he weighs because he doesn't fit on the scale at the vet. And you've seen you guys see eye to eye, literally, literally. Well, he sees over my eyes. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. He's got his own uh, social media page and everything. We'll get into that. Um, well, I tell you, I'm proud of you. Um, and, I, and I'm really happy for our friendship and happy that, um, that things went well. I'll tell you, before everybody calls me and asks me about, you know, a Ridgeside or, or you know, what they're going to do, if you don't have – a similar work ethic to myself or to Tara or to Ted or other people that we know, I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to talk to you. Um, if I already know you and I know that you're, a, you know, not really a worker, uh, you can go ahead and do your own thing, figure it out yourself. I'm not going to help you. One of the reasons why I um, continued on helping Tara and talking to Tara was I got to know her and got to watch her work and her desire to work. Uh, we, we were at, um, was it Bravo three in Florida, Ted, that we were at, all at? Yeah. We went out. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And Jeff, and Jeff Shetler was doing a, uh, a tracking thing with, uh, proximity alerts and we we're out, we we're in Florida and we we're out and Hey, anybody got a dog and Terrace raised her hand, threw her hand up. Most guys just sit around and look because they don't, you want to maybe feel stupid or, or make think that their dog's going to not do right. She's like, I'll get him. Boom. And went and got him and, and ran the scenario with her dog. Um, so when I see things like that, I'm always going to uh, mentor or talk to that person or try to help them out because I say this to people all the time and not to toot my own horn, but you, no one will outwork me. I work 20 hours a day, uh, 18, 20 hours a day. Everybody I know makes constant comments to me about my insane schedule. Um, I like to post, you know, videos on on my boat in the summertime because uh, it does show that I, I actually do relax every once in a while, which is very rare. But I get to do it. But um, so I'm proud of you, and it's not you didn't just fall into it. You worked your ass off, and and it shows. That means a lot to me. Thank you. And um, I hope everything keeps going. Uh, and here's the, here's the thing I do want to mention what we were talking about. Um, 
Ted has a facility. Um, I have facilities. Uh, Ridgeside Canine, Northern California has a facility. Aaron didn't used to, but he does now. But Tara doesn't. Other people don't. You don't have to start a pet training business or whatever business and have a building. If you have a house and a basement or a garage or someplace that you can put some crates and or kennels of whatever you want, you can get started. You're probably going to outgrow it if you're good and, and you're doing your social media stuff correctly. Uh, but don't feel like, cause I know if you're a cop and you're on a cop salary, you're like, man, I need like a 5,000 square foot place. How the fuck am I going to afford that? How can I do that? You know, how can I ever get that? You don't have to. Um, it's just, you, it's just the way you're, you want to work your business like uh, Rich out in California and Ted, their dogs are uh, stay in the facility board and trains. It's awesome. Right. The nice thing about that is all of the money comes into the business then and doesn't go out the door to trainers. My business, because I was, I had a tiny little building to start. All my training was board and trains. Now I have a facility big enough and I have trainers on staff that stay there and we have some dogs that come in, but still the majority of our dogs are board and trains outside the facility. Maybe that changes someday. Maybe it doesn't. I, I don't know, but there's different ways to, to skin a cat, so to speak, um, that you can, you can do a couple different types of this scenario. If you want to get into the pet stuff and Ted and I have talked about this a lot. Pet dog training will make you a better police dog trainer. Oh, yeah. For sure. I used to think, and I know Ted did too, we we're both pretty good at e-collars, for example. Mm -hmm. I am significantly better at e-collar now that I train pet dogs. A lot yes. more smooth, right? You would agree yes. with that, Ted? A lot more smooth. And, yeah, your timing definitely gets much better. Most of my trainers... All of them are younger than I am, so they're part of the video game generation, so they understand timing very well. Uh, but it definitely will will up your game in terms of that, and, be, and and for no other reason than reps. I mean, if you're using them for places or recalls or you know how we use them, I mean, you're getting fucking thousands of reps a week using the damn e-caller, like wearing them motherfuckers out, like. Wearing them out, not just letting, leaving them on, and then the, the amber light flashing, like using them, using them, and having to recharge them. So, <laughs> yeah, you'll get good with an e collar, and you'll. Get, and the other thing is good; you'll get good about explaining them, right? You know, I didn't understand this until I started dealing with pet clients a lot. But my grandfather always told me, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it. And so, like, hmm, I would I like that. right, and you know, even from the grave, the old man is still just. <laughs> shithead so um it and it makes a lot of sense so like when i explain how these e-callers work to people you know they're like oh it's a shot caller i'm like well okay so hold on a second so we kind of go through the whole thing and explain how it works and they're like oh this is great and i'm like right it's it's fucking awesome and so it, it's it's a and i kind of default and i thought about it after this and dealing with um uh, I'm just probably going to bite me in the ass, but dealing with administrators or attorneys also like explaining things very, very simply. So I have to explain some very like complex legal concepts to attorneys and they're like, uh, I don't know about that. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't care if you do or don't, but it is what it is. And, you know, they'll come back to me a couple of weeks later and say, yeah, you were right. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, congrats, like, whatever. Same thing with administrators. So it, it, if you can't explain it simply and dealing with pet people, like, and I have to remind myself all the time, like these people just want their dogs to not be assholes. That's all they want. They just want their dog not pulling a leash, not jump on people, not get in the trash can, not bite people that they're not supposed to bite or not be people anyway. Um, and not fight with other dogs and not fight over food and not fight over couch space and not fight over bullshit and just be happy pets. And that's, uh, you know, sometimes can be kind of a thankless job, but I think or it well, people kind of underestimate it a lot. They really do. Right. Cause, but, and you know, a lot of times people after the fact will say, Oh my God, I can't believe it took me this long to come get dog trained. I'm like, yeah, your life is better. He's not getting the trash. He's not tearing up your neighbor. He's not fighting with the other dogs. So. Yeah, you'll be good with an e-collar, that's for damn sure. I'll tell you this. I, I mentioned this to someone ye- uh, yesterday, I think. Um, I've trained hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of police dogs and pet dogs, hundreds and hundreds of them. And the happiest moment I've ever had training a dog was I got a little fat silver lab named Newman who was afraid of everything in the world to jump on a uh, a stack of dog beds that was it getting that fat little dog who had never been upstairs in his house they oh, had was a, that i remember you telling yeah. me about that dog yeah uh newman was I, I have a theory i have a theory that fat dogs have uh uh like confidence issues that's a weird little thing that i have like some people have they they have um you know, I, I don't know. I just think I see a lot of fat dogs that have some uh, problems, not not just health problems, but they, they seem to have confidence problems. Uh, and I don't know, maybe they saw themselves in a mirror and they like, man, I can't jump on that. But uh, so I'm telling you, I set my phone up and I set this obstacle course of dog cots and I got Newman to jump on, a, I don't know, five stack high of dog cots. I keep looking over here because I'm looking at my bed. I'm trying to measure the size. It's about that size. Because, like I said, he lived downstairs in his house. Had never, four or five years old, had never been upstairs in his house. Owners didn't understand how to use pressure to get him to do that. And by the time he went home, he's I had him at Baxter School, running up and down the steps, off leash, on leash, having a blast. The only thing I couldn't get him to do was on, get on a treadmill. He actually tore his pad open and the treadmill wasn't even moving that's how afraid of the treadmill he was i got him to eat food off of a running vacuum cleaner and 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 all kinds of stuff like that and to me of all the dogs i trained that was like the best accomplishment i had it sounds so stupid but um you know i expect the police dogs to have to go out and bite people find dope find explosives do all that that's i okay yeah sure awesome i love to hear that but the fact i got fat newman i used to say it too i'd go every morning newman uh when i get him out of the crate hello newman and um but that was to date my my favorite my favorite thing and it was just some weird little silver lab but um so tara if people want to follow you and your dogs where is all that at Food business um, on both Facebook and Instagram. It's just Ridgeside Canine Somerville. Um, definitely want to get our followers followers up there. Um, obviously, that will help with business. Um, my personal social media. I don't really use Twitter anymore um, at all, actually. 
but uh, my personal Instagram is uh, bells619 underscore canine apart. Um, canine apart is probably the easiest portion of that to remember because it's, it's a weird name. And he did come to me with that name. I did not name him. Um, I just didn't change it. Yeah. Uh, Twitter is Twitter's interesting. I, I don't use it. Uh, I think gonna, I, like I said, it's going to be interesting. It's mm-hmm. going to be interesting because Papa Elon is going to put the crackdown. Uh, I just saw the Substack told all of the Twitter employees that they're no longer that they're not welcome to come work for them, which is kind of a Twitter competitor. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, if you're worried about it, you can't come work here anymore." And I'm like, "Ah, so it's getting real. Like they're eating their own, which is kind of interesting to watch." So I like um, it. Yeah, you miss somebody though, Tara. <laughs> you you miss the big the big tall buddy. Ike, what's his, what's his, oh yeah, Um, he is uh, Ike underscore the underscore Dane, and it's funny, everybody thinks that that page is run by me, but it's not, it was actually created and it's run by my husband, oh really, (laughs) I mean I tag, I tag it in all my stuff, but yeah, I don't run that page, Zach playing around with a big old funny great Dane, it's great, I don't see him in the videos though, it's always you and like doing some pretty fancy obedience. All he wants to do is get bit. He has absolutely zero desire to handle. So I've got all these dogs and he was supposed to handle any one of them and he doesn't want to. And so that's all <laughs> on me. He just does all the decoy stuff. Um, that's funny. Ted, how about you? Where can you be found? Uh, Ted underscore summers on Instagram. Uh, that's all police talk stuff. I put up <laughs> the video today of uh, the tracking, which was... Um, the tracking the conditions. Wind. Oh man, <laughs> I got so many inst. I got I got several comments, and they're like, "How the fuck are you tracking that?" And I did. We recorded like several of the tracks. I mean, they're fantastic. Um, so Tether underscore Summers, uh, Torchlight Canine, letter K number nine, Torchlight Pets, um, HRD Police Canine. Speaking of which, we just announced we're going to Fort Myers, Florida, um, in November. So that just came out today. So that'll be fun. Um, it won't be cold, so that's cool uh hr so hrd police canine and then of course the podcast is working underscore dog underscore radio um where we have all of this episodes information and stuff here so uh yeah that's us what about you van s canine on instagram and i it's attached to my facebook now so you only need to follow one of those i mean it's cool if you do both but it's the same content um Ridgeside Canine Ohio is the uh, pet side of the business. Uh, that's great pictures of, you know, uh, cute dogs. Um, WorkingDogRadio.com is the website. You can get on there, see our merch. We uh, got a lot of T-shirts and different things you can order on there. A bunch of different logos. Our president series on there is pretty legit. Ted and I come up with some pretty stupid stuff, and it's worked out pretty well for us. Um be sure, guys, do me do us a favor. Go back through our episodes, especially the recent ones, and go check out our um, guests who have been on that are that have five hundred one c threes and are raising money for good stuff, like uh, you know, paying for retired dogs and things like that. Go check out those and support them if you can. If you're looking for a place to spend your money and donate stuff, uh, I would really love to see you do that. Um, but that's it, pretty much. Uh, we have a Patreon too, Working Dog Radio Patreon. Yep. Um, Tara, thanks for coming on. It was great having you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're you're a good you're a good example of this series of what we're talking about of people that um, 
are floundering in law enforcement or get or retiring, getting out and are kind of wondering how they can stay in the dog world. It's funny. Um, real quick, when we when I was getting uh, Tara set up with Ridside and her and Aaron were working through everything. And I said, I, you, you keep traveling. You're doing all this this uh, sport dog travel and stuff. I'm telling you, it's probably going to come to a, a halt when you get on there. And she's like, yeah, I like doing that. I'm not stopping. That's <laughs> That's that's not even negotiable. I'm like, okay, step off. I'm stepping back. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna poke that beehive. So, um, but anyways, it's great seeing you. I'm proud of you, and I like this. I like seeing that you made the change that was best for your mental health and and your well being. So, anyways, thanks guys. Uh, we will see you on the next one. You got your reasons. I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.